HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Welcome to Spill It and Dish, a new podcast from the Specialty Food Association. Founded in 1952, SFA is the leading trade association and source of information about the $175 billion specialty food industry. We champion the food producers, retailers, and other buyers who make up the specialty food world. If you want to know more about membership, visit specialtyfood.com. In each episode, we want to share the stories behind the products made and sold by our members who are helping shape the future of food. You can listen and discover the inspiration, recipe, craft, culture, ingredients, and production methods that help answer the question, what makes specialty food special? I'm today's host, Megan Rooney, Program Development Manager at SFA. We're excited to bring you today's episode and so happy to be working with Heritage Radio Network, a nonprofit podcast network covering the world of food, drink, and agriculture, and expanding the way eaters think about food. Today's very special guest is David Gremmels, president and lead cheesemaker at Rogue Creamery, located in Central Point, Oregon. With over 20 years of experience leading Rogue Creamery, David has spearheaded numerous initiatives for his company and the cheese industry at large. As a B Corp and USDA certified organic cheesemaker, Rogue Creamery has become renowned for its exceptional artisanal cheeses and commitment to sustainability. Join us as we dive into the world of cheese with David Gremmels, a true influencer in the global cheese community. Welcome, David. Thank you, Megan. Thank you for that introduction. It's really lovely to be on this podcast with you. Of course. Thanks for joining us today. So for my first question, can you please tell us a bit more about what Rogue Creamery produces? Rogue Creamery creates handmade cheddar, Tuvel, and blue cheeses. But most importantly, it is a company truly dedicated to sustainability and uh, focused on doing the right thing in all that we do as a B Corp and organic company, really striving to have a positive impact that's safe, healthy, and other-centered. 
Thanks for that, David. And can you tell listeners a bit about your background and how you got started with Rogue Creamery and cheese making in general? Megan, it's a funny story. I was living a life in corporate America and I wanted to exit that life and uh, get to know my neighbors and, and really engage in my community where I grew up uh, fly fishing and rafting the rogue during summer times with my family. And um, so I decided to leave corporate and open a wine and cheese bar. Yes, a wine and cheese bar over 20 years ago. And (laughs) I needed cheese. So I went to my local cheese maker uh, and uh, met Ignacio Vela. Ig Vela owned not only the Rogue River Valley Creamery, as it was called at that time, but Vela Cheese in Sonoma, California. And uh, so I spoke to Ig about my wine bar concept, and he asked if I wouldn't mind spending the afternoon touring the creamery and tasting cheeses with him. And I did just that. And I was just so awestruck by the many stories he shared of this remarkable company that had created cheese over 70 years. Um, And we sat down to have a cup of coffee and taste more cheeses. And uh, I shared with Mr. Vela, I'd like to honor his cheese and his family's stories in my menu. And he took a look at me and he reached into his pocket and he threw down the keys of the creamery to my surprise in the middle of the table. The table shook and he said, if you want my cheese, you're going to have to make it yourself. I'm going to close her down. I just was so taken aback. And I, I, I said, what are you asking me? He said, give me an offer. You have two weeks. I'm going to close it down. So uh, he handed me the keys and said, do your due diligence. And I created an offer. I didn't know what I was doing, actually. Uh, worked with a fellow business partner um, to really try to figure out what was the right offer for this business that had been operating over seven decades. And um, we provided the offer. It was rejected. We just like, ah, oh. we went back to the drawing boards and the, uh, offer was accepted. So from that day on, I didn't look back. I mentored with Igvela at my side for the next year, learned cheese making, took every short course in cheese making in the United States I could sign up for. And cheese just took my life in a completely different direction than what I had planned. I never opened that wine and cheese bar. Today, it's a fabulous restaurant called Miss Yoon, operated by a friend, Lynn Flatley. Um, And Rogue Creamery has transformed, as you shared in the introduction, Megan. It's now a B Corp. It's a mission-driven company. And it's an organic, 
cheese company as well as dairy. And truly, it is a small giant in a community trying to have a positive impact environmentally, socially, and economically, while, of course, creating the world's finest handmade cheese, because at the center of it all, that's what we do at Rogue Creamery. That's such a beautiful story, David, and just so incredible how you were kind of thrown into it, almost like it was meant to be. You mentioned having a corporate background prior to working with Rogue Creamery. How has what you learned in your past career or education helped you to run a food business? What I've learned in my past career, Megan, is monumental in the way I look at Rogue Creamery's business and its engagement with the community, its guests, which are our customers, and creating the best cheese that we can possibly make every day. Um, My career was aligned with phenomenal brands like Nordstrom, Harry and David, and Sundance. And each of those companies operated with a mind that it was critical to provide not only the best product, but the best service. And that's what we do at Rogue Creamery. But added to that, we're providing what we like to think the best experience in enjoying our cheese at the kitchen counter, at a dining room table, or in a restaurant or bar. Great. And how many years have you been in the industry? I've been charged with leading Rogue Creamery over two decades now. And um, I've been in the food industry for nearly three decades. And where did your love of food and more specifically cheese come from? Did your parents encourage you to try new foods when you were younger? Megan, uh, my love for food was really um, inspired by my family. Uh, Growing up in a kitchen that was filled with aunts and uncles and my grandmothers and my mother creating food um, to be enjoyed at every meal. Uh, I particularly remember those gatherings um, where my grandmother and mother were uh, kneading bread or kneading the dinner rolls or the dessert, the cinnamon rolls um, uh, together at the kitchen counter. And uh, those are just fond memories. And there's not a day that went by that we didn't discuss food, Uh, food that was growing in the garden or being raised on the pasture or being um, prepared in the kitchen. It was just such a core part of my growing up. And uh, it was really the catalyst for bringing um, our family together. That's great. Yeah. So many of our memories are tied to food and it's wonderful that you're providing that connection for people now through your cheese. 
What were the obstacles you faced in bringing your brand to market? You know, Megan, I don't look at obstacles as obstacles or challenges as challenges. I look at them as opportunity. And uh, Rogue Creamery had no distribution over two decades ago. And I saw that as a great opportunity to increase awareness of a brand, a brand that had been created and made with passion over seven decades. And now it's in its 90th. And so what I did is I carried that cheese to market. That first market was the Summer Fancy Food Show in 2002. It's a market I was aware of um, because of my previous corporate career with Harry and David. And I just wanted to get feedback. And uh, that feedback was overwhelmingly positive. And so I knew from that point on that um, the specialty food markets, fancy food show would be a place for me to showcase Rogue Creamery cheeses and increase its reach, its distribution nationwide. One of the challenges was really having a booth seemed at that time a monumental reach. And so I was able to work with the Specialty Food Association and split a booth. And then from that moment, I was able to uh, grow into a full 10 by 10 and, and continue to grow um, our showcase of cheese at both the summer and winter fancy food show. It's wonderful to hear that the fancy food shows were so integral to you getting your start. Truly, uh, it was um, pinnacle in increasing awareness of the brand and opening up distribution. What are some things you'd do differently if you could start over? Oh, if I could start over, <laughs> I, I would take a different approach um, to uh, the production facility at Rogue Creamery. You know, certainly one thought of sustainability is utilizing a facility and um, restoring it. So therefore not creating material or carbon emissions in creating material or transportation of that material to a building site. However, over the process of now nine decades of creating cheese in a historic facility um, that has, has really given its, its um, brick, mortar, and uh, lumber, and lath, and plaster, uh, and dairy tile to um, an experience uh, that would be a cheesemake experience every day at Rogue Creamery. I think I would just look hard at the money that I put into restoring every part of that facility and 
think hard about utilizing those resources to create an efficient facility that was energy efficient um, and also designed to be efficient for product flow. I would most likely start over and uh, rebuild from the beginning a facility that fit Rogue Creamery's recipes. Mm, That's a great one. What was the biggest surprise about getting involved in the specialty food trade? The greatest surprise for me in getting into um, the Specialty Food Association and also uh, showing at the winter and summer fancy food shows was the community. Um, I was so taken by the food community and those entrepreneurs uh, behind the brands and um, the richness of um, those individuals' knowledge and um, the diversity of their insights and the help that was provided freely in helping me grow the Rogue Creamery brands. It's a generous group of people who are members of the Specialty Food Association, and uh, I've created lifelong friends there. Yeah, lots of people love to share that community is something that was a great surprise to them when they first started in the specialty food world. So it's great to hear that you agree with that. Um, How has your brand evolved over the years? A Rogue Creamery brand has evolved um, pretty amazingly over the years. And um, so I entered a recipe that I created on the start of my buying Rogue Creamery in 2002. I entered the cheese in 2003, and it was instantly recognized at the World Cheese Awards. I really put focus on not only Rogue Creamery, but the artisan cheese movement. And from that point on, I felt because the competition was in the UK, that it was important to bring the Rogue Creamery brand into the EU. And I worked closely with the Specialty Food Association to showcase my cheeses at their international pavilion uh, in France uh, in a show called Cial. And from there... I was able to gain further distribution, uh, as I like to say, and distribution one wheel at a time. It took time to build the distribution internationally, but today Rogue Creamery cheeses can be found in the UK, in France, in Italy, in Spain, Japan, Australia, all over the world because of the opportunities that... um, were provided to showcase Rogue Creamery cheeses alongside of other makers in a shared booth that was set up by the Specialty Food Association in the U.S. pavilions. 
sounds like an incredible experience. Rogue Creamery is famous for its blue, but you also experiment with innovative flavors like lavender and chocolate stout cheddar. Where do you find inspiration for these new flavors and products? Yes. Well, you know, it's surprising, Megan, but cheddar is truly the foundation of Rogue Creamery. Uh, It was over 90 years ago that Rogue Creamery was creating cheddar, hand-milled, hand-cheddared, and aged up to five years. And my garden became an inspiration for adding herbs to the curd and then pressing those herbs into cheddar blocks. And first and foremost, I wanted the flavor of the milk and the cultures to come through in our Northwest style cheddar cheeses. And then just that soft, eloquent, herbaceous flavor, whether it was rosemary or lavender uh, or even hops to come through and just add a different experience, uh, which is so aligned with this region on many levels because of the wine industry, allowing wines to express themselves with these herbaceous cheddars was just so wonderful to um, pair. And, uh, And so seeing this and seeing how the cheddars were well received by our customers, not only at farmer's markets, but um, through the specialty food, fancy food shows, um, I decided to add beers to the cheddars and created a line of beer cheddars where the curd was soaked in ales and stouts and porters, uh, again, expressing different nuances that Um, We're not only highlighting the beer's profile, but also putting focus on those buttery, grassy, creamy notes in the cheddar as well. So um, it's it's really fun, Megan, to create these cheeses and, uh, you know, and wait patiently for them to age in our cheese caves. So not only the herbs are expressing more flavor with the cheese curd as the curd knits in the block, but maybe the ale will express a different flavor, like the chocolate stout that we use from Urban Hopworks Brewery really gains this malty cocoa flavor in our um, chocolate stout cheddar. It's, It's remarkable how the flavor evolves over time. Well, as a cheese lover, I'm just so grateful for the process that <laughs> you go through in order to come up with these flavors. And I'm sure our listeners are just salivating right now hearing you describe them. What do you want people to know about Rogue Creamery that they might not know? Rogue Creamery is a small business. It's a small business It really works hard at making a positive difference in our community. And I think that surprises people. Um, They think about the brand because of 
the accolades and the recognition that the brands have gained worldwide, but it is a small business. Our dairy on the Rogue River, um, the dairy actually borders on one side, the wild and scenic Rogue River, has 120 milking cows. And um, the team is only about 45 team members. And I think that's really special, um, thinking about a small company making a difference socially, economically, and environmentally, and really taking um, focus on the impact it can have in team members' lives through wages, through benefits, and and being good stewards within um, the company's environment. So Rogue Creamery supports uh, 10 not-for-profits each year selected by the team. It, uh, and is truly dedicated to being a B Corp. And as I like to say, having a positive impact socially, economically, environmentally uh, with one wheel at a time. Yeah, that intentionality is so appreciated. We're almost out of time, but before you go, we'd like for you to participate in our final segment, Take Five, Five Questions for Our Guest. First, let's pause for a break. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. And of course, there's the two Michelin-starred Blanca tucked away in the garden for truly daring diners. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Welcome back. I'm Megan Rooney of SFA speaking with David Gremmels of Rogue Creamery. Let's jump into five questions for our final segment, Take Five. Question one, what is your favorite thing about the specialty food industry? The people. (laughs) What is one thing that SFA has made easier for you? Increasing the reach, the distribution of Rogue Creamery cheeses. If you weren't running a business, what would you be doing? I would be gardening and herding cattle. What's the one piece of advice you'd give to a new food business? 
Persevere, stay focused, and don't waver from your passion. How do you define specialty food? Specialty food is that food that is distinctive to a culture, a family recipe, a new discovery. It's pure in its ingredient and it's impactful with that purity in providing sustenance and a great experience to those who are tasting it. David, thank you again for speaking with me today. Before we go, please let everyone know where they can find you in Rogue Creamery. Yes, and thank you for having me on this podcast, Megan. They can find Rogue Creamery at roguecreamery.com and at independent and regional and national, especially retailers. Wonderful. You can find out more about this show at specialtyfood.com and heritageradionetwork.org. And remember to follow wherever you get your podcasts. Come back often to get to know the people who are shaping the future of food. And if you are in the food industry yourself, consider becoming a member of SFA by visiting our membership section on specialtyfood.com. Special thanks to Rogue Creamery and to Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. This is Spill and Dish, a Specialty Food Association podcast. Spill and Dish, a Specialty Food Association podcast, is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.